Welcome to the GPCA podcast, where we spotlight the chemicals market in the Arabian Gulf and beyond. This podcast is proudly presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. Each episode will provide you with exclusive insights on the latest industry trends and stimulate conversations featuring industry leaders and experts from the region and the world. If you're new to this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Now, to your host. Hello, and welcome to the 15th GPCA Annual Forum. My name is Elsweed Al-Bassam. I'm a research specialist at GPCA, and I'm the chair of the new upcoming initiative, the GPCA Youth Committee. With me today is a very special guest, Diet Morris-Diersdorfer, Managing Director of Siemens Energy Middle East and the UAE. Mr. Dietmore, welcome and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be with you today. It's a great pleasure to be here at this forum uh, and I think we are looking uh, ahead to, to exciting discussions uh, during the forum. I think um, it's great for everybody to finally connect and put faces to the names after you know being um, on a virtual platform for a very long time. Now, if you'd allow me, I'd like to start off with the questions, please. Um, given your experience and the fact that hi the hydrogen topic has been gaining a lot of momentum um, across the world, in your view, what are some of the key enablers to harness the potential of hydrogen in the development of the GCC region? I think, the, first of all, the GCC region and the UAE also in particular, but also Saudi Arabia and others, we are blessed with having uh, abundant resources of renewable energy. Uh, so that's a good ingredient and one of the key elements of, of, of costs of green hydrogen and decarbonizing the industry is, is supply of, of uh, renewable energy. Uh, but having said that, we also need to develop the processes and we need to develop how do we, what do we want to do with it. So how do we do sector coupling, how do we generate green hydrogen, how do we, in what form we transport it to the market. Uh, the region is perfectly located between Europe, Asia and, and the US markets and Latin American markets so we can ship the products around. We have also the, t the, the infrastructure here already built uh, due to the hydro hydrocarbons that we have. So we have the shipping industry, we have the transportation, the refining capacities uh, in order to do stuff. So the region is perfectly geared up to, to, to go for this uh, green technologies and this green hydrogen uh, uh, products in the future, what we need to do is we need to work together as an industry to make it happen because it's a holistic view that we need to take on, on the whole topic. It's something where uh, not one player can do all. We need to look in how do we generate the green hydrogen, how do we optimize the system from the renewable supply of electricity to the green hydrogen, how do we couple it now into, uh, into products where we make liquids. For example, we have uh, in Abu Dhabi a plant which we are just designing together with Mustar, Lufthansa, Etihad uh, uh, and other partners to, to build synthetic aviation fuel. Uh, we are working at the on the engineering to build such a plant and, and to integrate it holistically because it's very important that we redefine also how we do these things. And that's, that's important that we show that off. Once done this, then we need to scale up. Why do we need to scale up and why do we do it not in, in one shot and build everything big? Uh, we believe that at the end of the day we need to give also the industry the chance to scale up these technologies. Uh, we have seen it in the solar industry when you look 20 years, 25 years back, 
uh, everybody said solar will not be competitive. Solar is today the most comp one of the most competitive uh, energy forms in the world. This has only happened because the industry also developed the technologies, made it cheaper, how to implement it, and, and all these things uh, were happening over a decade of time. And that's maybe also what we see now in the hydrogen industry, that we need to give the industry this, this, this half a decade, decade, to develop all these technologies, scale up, and then, and then do the things. Thank you, Mr. Dietmar. Um, I think you've uh, shed some important points about the geographical location about of the region and also on the natural resources as well. I think that gives the region leverage um, over, um, over the rest of the world when it comes to um, moving forward when it comes to the hydrogen, um, the hydrogen platform. Um, now, in your view, can you talk us through some of the ways in which renewable hydrogen will support the decarbonization of the industry value chain. Um, maybe give us also some examples um, from other parts of the world, maybe shedding light on that. Yeah. Very good, very good point. I mean, at the end of the day, it starts also with how to generate the green hydrogen. And we are here today in Dubai and uh, we have a demonstrator plant, which we started some years ago in, uh, in form of our commitment to, to Expo 2020 Dubai where we uh, built a demonstrator plant to generate green hydrogen. It's just a few miles here away from, from uh, Dubai's center. And you can see there how green hydrogen is made. And it gives us a lot of operating experience. Uh, having now this green hydrogen, now we can use this green hydrogen to put it, for example, into buses or into cars. So actually there is a tender out from, from, from uh, uh, the, the participants to use this green hydrogen now in, in cars and, in, and, and fuel it into uh, buses. That's the first application, what can be done here in the region where we show how it works. We have the, the demonstrator plant that I talked about in Abu Dhabi where we are looking into synthetic aviation fuel. Why synthetic aviation fuel? Uh, synthetic aviation uh, fuel can make, can decarbonize the, the aviation industry because by no way we can fly electric uh, long distances in, in the future. At least that, that's an agreement that all aviation experts have. So we need to find another forum how to, to bring uh, long distances from, from Dubai, for example, to Australia or to the US in place. And there synthetic aviation fuel can play a huge role. When you go into an industry like uh, the automotive industry, we are building at the moment in, in uh, Latin America and Chile uh, a phase zero plant where we have um, a plant that generates out of wind energy uh, uh, hydrogen. This hydrogen will be converted in a, in a chain then into uh, gasoline. Uh, this is together with Porsche and uh, with Exxon and other partners. And why is Porsche doing that? Porsche wants to decarbonize their fleet because they will create uh, in the next phase uh, a, a bigger plant and then we have a third phase where they produce uh, a large amount of gasoline which helps them to decarbonize their whole fleet of, of cars. So this is driving the decarbonization of a car manufacturer to a large extent. And uh, we see similar examples now in petrochemical, in steel industry. We see that happening here in Dubai, for example, again in EGA. EGA uh, is a big aluminium uh, uh, smelter company and they are producing aluminium also for the car manufacturing industry. And they also need to give their customers, the automotive industry, for example, uh, a, a, a destiny and say, how do we help you to decarbonize uh, uh, how to build a car? And, 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 and EGA has built now a new plant where they uh, use uh, very efficient gas turbines, replace uh, six, uh, uh, five or six old plants with that and uh, reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by 10%. Yeah. Uh, similarly, they use solar energy from the solar park. The next step will be they will for sure also use hydrogen in their network 
to um, burn uh, that hydrogen in the gas turbines to further reduce the greenhouse gas emissions by these things. So there is a lot of examples where we see how we can help to decarbonize industries with hydrogen and with technologies that help to, do the, to manage this transition. Important is for me that we see the energy transition and hydrogen as something that we use to walk in the next 10, the next 10 years to really decarbonize. It's not a switch that you turn on and say, I do know everything with hydrogen and then it will work. That's not how it is. No one in the industry is geared up for that. And, and that's something where we all as a community need to work on now to make this energy transition and the use of hydrogen happen uh, in the world. Thank you, Dietmar. I think you've shed some important points about hydrogen and how looking into the future and looking at sustainability, hydrogen will be a driving force when it comes to that. So I think it's, it's an area where a lot of people need to draw their attention to. Um, moving on to the third question and adding on to what we just discussed, is the technology progressing apace for the development on, of hydrogen on a large commercial scale? And what are some of the key innovations on the market currently that are driving the hydrogen development forward? I mean, first of all, it's the use cases that we are defining. I mentioned already some of them, synthetic uh, aviation fuel, um, fuel for, for combustion engines in cars, uh, but also decarbonizing the industry. When you look at the CO2 emissions in the world, uh, there is a lot of CO2 emissions from the industry. And this is something where the whole industry, the hard to evade industries, as we sometimes call them, where the industry needs to focus on now. What are we doing with the existing infrastructure to get rid of the CO2 emissions there? And hydrogen can play a key essential role in that. And that's where customers are asking for, where we need to develop now customized concepts also for these this plants. Uh, on, a, on the same token, uh, if you invest today in a petrochemical plant, if you invest today into a chemical plant or whatever, you want to have the security that also in 20, in 30 years, when all these government commitments that are given now from the countries come in place, that uh, your plant is then not obsolete and that you have no stranded assets. So it's very important that we also think now when new plants are built, how can we do CO2 avoidance? How can we build in green hydrogen usage? How can we build in these technologies uh, so that they can be migrated or used from the very beginning in, in such plants? So it's, it's very important to have that in mind. I think digital technologies will play a lot of role in that here. How do we do that and, and how, do, how do we enable that? i give you an example. Uh, you generate, for example, a megawatt hour of electricity in a solar plant. At one point of time you say, I take this, this is generated somewhere. At one point of time you want to generate out of this one megawatt hour, you want to generate uh, uh, hydrogen. So you need to make sure that once the conversions happen, that this green hydrogen, whatever amount of kilos you produce with that, uh, is also having this green certificate. Then this uh, green uh, hydrogen is taken into a plant and you produce ammonia with it. You need to put to the, to the kilos of ammonia that you produce with it, again attack and say, uh, this is green ammonia. Then you transport it with a ship to Europe. You reform uh, it into maybe a fuel or whatever. Uh, you need to make sure that to the end customer, you can say, this is my green product made out of this green electricity somewhere. So there is digital solutions to prove that, where the regulators in the future will ask for, where countries will ask for. This is technology step that we are developing now that are helping also to drive this into the market. We see a huge demand from, from customers for green products. I mean, it's an accepted fact also when you look at COP26, when you look at uh, all the, the facts that happened in, in the recent time, in the last weeks, that the mankind understands that we need to change. And this is driving also the behavior. People are also, when you go to an end customer, you and my, uh, I by myself, we are willing also to pay a premium if you get a green product. 
And that's something that drives also demand and that drives them backwards also that these technologies will be enabled. So we see huge opportunities there and we see also increasing demand. Thank you, Dietmar. I think that's very important. And you've also shed light on how we need to work together and collaborate in order to ensure that the success of the, um, of the hydrogen, uh, of hydrogen is, is moving on. Um, this is also a very important question, um, and it would be great to get your thoughts on that. What would the chemical industry need to focus on? I mean, sorry, would the chemical industry need to focus on training and upskilling its workforce or attract new talent to prepare for the hydrogen revolution? I think that's, that's a general challenge in the whole industry, that we need to look for the talents. We need to uh, also, for example, look at our company. We also need to repurpose our, our people. We have a lot of people that are working in, in classical technologies like gas turbines and whatever. Uh, mechanical engineering, uh, the future is maybe more electrical. So we need, to, we need to give these people a destiny and we need to train these people. And there's a lot of uh, knowledge requirement from that world to go into the new world. So, and the same is in the chemical industry. You need to, you need to understand that. So that, that is something where we, as a, again, as companies, but also as an industry, need to give uh, trainings and uh, education and repurposing for employees because we don't want to lose these minds, these great minds. They are good and we need to give the new people that are coming from the universities or that are going now actually to the university the right direction, what, what are the capabilities, what are the competencies and the, the technology pieces that we need in the future so that they educate themselves already from the beginning in that direction. So it's a very interesting and a very important challenge that we have ahead of us to repurpose our workforces also that we have in the fields. Thank you, Dietmar. I think this is also very important, especially when it comes to communicating with the youth and the young professionals. We want to make sure that capability building is an area of focus that is heavily, um, that is heavily uh, worked on, specifically when it comes to the hydrogen landscape. Um, last but not least, we're moving into the final question of the day. Um, what would be some of the challenges, in your opinion, to harness the potential of hydrogen production and development in the region and is the cost of production one of them? As I said, if you, if you accept the fact that we have the, 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 the energy transition going and, and we, we do it in projects which are viable, this can be uh, demonstration projects, smaller commercial projects and go over time into very large projects, then I think we have a viable chance to do so. It will not be by all means that we just do big projects. Uh, we had just in the panel at the moment a discussion what is the what can the industry supply in terms of capacity in terms of hydrolysis. It's not too many. So we need to build these mega factories that produce these, these hydrolyzers. We need to, to build this infrastructure, also the supply chain. You need to have all the things lined up. It's not only how you assemble it, it's also how you, uh, what supply do you have. Um, and when you look in the last decade back, 2011, it was 1 point, uh, 0 0.1 megawatt. Four years later it was one megawatt, four years later it was ten megawatt. So we are going up, if we, if we take that sequence of four to five years, then we will be 28 at, at, at the gigawatt range. But now look at the, the demand that just here in the region has been announced. Uh, here a 2.5 megawatt, there a 5 megawatt, there a 3 megawatt. Add them all up in the region and no one alone, but also collectively as an industry, it cannot be supplied. So we need to, we need to be mindful about just a big project or what is reasonable to do in a certain time frame. And, and that's, I think, the challenge that we have to master together. I believe we need these big projects. I need, believe we need to, to have these lighthouse projects, but we need to be mindful in implementing it also into steps and realistic steps also. Thank you, Dietmar. Um, 
This was a very insightful session, and unfortunately, we've reached the end of it. Um, I just wanted to know um, if you would maybe have a few words to say to uh, the general audience, maybe some piece of advice, anything you would like them to maybe uh, work on. It would be a great uh, platform for that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I believe that this is something that we need to solve as a community together. This is a lot about collaboration, collaboration, new collaboration amongst companies that have maybe not worked together. This is also about inventing new ideas, having new innovations in this field. And I believe we need everybody to contribute to that. For me, it's important that we have a holistic view on this whole scenario. It's not about only one piece of technology or uh, one thing that we do. It's about looking at the whole system that we want to repurpose. And our uh, destiny is very clear. We want to decarbonize this planet, and that's what we go for. And that's as a, as a community with the chemical industry, petrochemical industry, energy industry, but everybody else, academia and everybody else, we can do together. So I'm looking forward to achieve that together with all of you. Thank you, Mr. Dietmar. Thank you, everyone, and until next time. Thank you for listening to the GPCA podcast. If you want to stay up to date and receive notifications about the next podcast, subscribe to our channel. This podcast was presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. For more information about GPCA, please visit our website at www.gpca.org.ae. Join the conversation online. Follow us on our social media listed in the channel description and share your feedback. Thank you.